1: Hello friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. Today we have a powerful episode, real excited to get into it, and as always, across this powerful
0: oaken desk is our good friend, Mike Rez. What's up, Dags? Put in song lyric here. I don't have a song lyric this week, the last couple weeks I did, I didn't think of one today.
1: What did you have? You had Shock the Monkey, Peter Gabriel, and what else? Snow, Informer. Yes, Powerful and Former, 12 Inches of Snow, Powerful album, and we are from the great state of Minnesota, so we love any reference to snow.
0: Yeah, we know all about snow. We do. Yep. Powerful. Doesn't matter how many inches.
1: No. (laughs) So yeah, we have a great show today. We're going to talk about, we have a powerful beer review, Song of the Day, and today we're going to talk about Powerful Mythical Monsters. I'm going to get into a little bit about movies. Monsters that kind of irritate me, monsters that I enjoy. It's going to be a great show. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in, stopping by. We've been getting a lot of powerful feedback on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Flock.
1: And uh, we've adjusted the speakers so we don't get the feedback anymore.
0: Right. God bless you guys. Powerful. If you're new to the Flock, thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure you tell all your friends about us. Yes, tell your friends. If you're old to the Flock, we appreciate you too.
1: The OGs. Yes. Yeah, it's just going to be a great show. We're going to get into it. We have the powerful music we're going to talk about. We always talk about music. We talk about movies, food. And like he said, if you're new to this podcast, what it is is we're just hanging out, and you guys are in the room with us virtually.
0: Yeah, but don't get too close. It's kind of sweaty.
1: No, it's good. It's hot in here. Yep. Powerfully hot in the barn. We don't have a mask on. It's beautiful.
0: It's dangerous. It is. But it's beautiful.
1: It is. It's sexy danger. Ooh. Powerful. Ooh. Now let's get right into it. Let's get into your powerful. Oh, let's, uh, I want to talk about, you know, movies, you know, uh, it's been a week since we did this powerful podcast and I enjoyed a powerful right. movie. You did. I want to talk to you about it. Okay. You know, you're familiar with E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yes. So I, po- I saw a powerful show is it's from Turkey. Okay. It's basically a rip off of E.T. <laughs> okay. It's called Hamoti. And and it's beautiful. It's it's E.T. but it's got a little twist. He's gay, really. Yes, he comes from another planet. I don't even know where E.T. comes from, but it's just a beautiful love story. And this time, E.T. happens to be gay. Interesting.
0: What what kind of uh, shenanigans does E.T. get into in this Turkish remake?
1: It it's just I just want you to watch it. Flock of Amish. It's called Hamote. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts. Let's just say. You know, in the original, his finger lights up. Oh, God. Well, in this one, it's just beautiful. His toe? His big yes. toe? <laughs> God,
0: I, I just, don't even, yeah.
1: I can tell just by the look in your face, you want to watch this movie.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm scared or interested. I'm yes. just not quite there yet. You're curious, I can tell. Well, we'll see.
1: You love the picture, didn't you, on Twitter?
0: Well, the picture on Twitter is, uh, was pretty interesting. It, it did like make me wonder, what the hell? Was this? I mean, it, it didn't. It was obviously a knockoff of ET, but I just didn't know what it was from. Was it an ad from from something? Was it something else? But now we know the mystery is solved. Hamote. I'm sure I'm
1: pronouncing that
0: correctly in Turkish. Oh, I'm sure you are. Yeah, you're I'm a big fluent Turkish. mind yes, Turkish Amish.
1: Yes, powerful. Hamote. I'm going to need you guys to watch that. Powerful. Now let's talk about your beer. You've enjoyed a beer. I did. You enjoyed
0: several of them. That's true, isn't it? Se- several several of this kind of beer, yes. So last week, Daggs, the family, and I took a vacation to faraway land of Stillwater, Minnesota. From here, well, from where I live, it's like 30 minutes. There's no movement of the water. It's still. It's still, yes, even though there's a river that runs right by it. Oh, hashtag irony. I tried a, uh, it, it's home to a couple different breweries, one one fairly larger than the other. And for people that live in Minnesota, you've heard of this one. It's Liftbridge Brewery from the great town of Stillwater. And uh, the particular beer that I tried, which I had no idea existed until last week, and now I've enjoyed a few of them, the Mango Blonde beer that Liftbridge creates. And it's delicious. I got to tell you, I, I wasn't sure how... Mango and hops we're going to mix, and apparently they, uh, they marry together very well. It's very, very delicious. It's a, it's a limited-release summer beer from Liftbridge, and it it, does, it says here on their website that the aroma of a tropical breeze from a fresh mango grove leads into a light-bodied blonde ale. I agree with that statement, all of it, 100%. I couldn't put it into words. The uh the mouth the flavor vacation my mouth was on but that flavor
1: vacation I enjoyed yeah. it
0: yeah so it was it was delicious it uh it says that it finishes with the subtle mango sweetness I would say it's a little bit more than subtle but it's not overpowering so I enjoyed that pretty pretty greatly the uh, IBU since we are beer nerds and we care about things like that is at fifteen which is actually lower than one of your Passion fruit beers that you've reviewed. Really? Yes. But it was really good. And the uh, alcohol by volume is 4.75. Your hops are a blend of Centennial and Amarillo for all of you Whoa. Spanish speakers out there. What does that mean? Yellow.
1: Yellow. Yellow. Powerful band from the 80s, yellow. Oh, yeah. Powerful.
0: Oh, good song. Good movie. Yes.
1: The Moon. Beautiful even
0: more beautiful <laughs> uh your malts involved with this one is the american two row the american wheat and the caramel malts is it caramel or caramel this one it's caramel there's yes. an extra a in there
1: powerful clint eastwood was the mayor of carmel, carmel. yes carmel
0: i've been there you have really i have yes my uh, grandparents used to live out there they did yes so i've been to carmel I've also been to the original Folsom Prison. Did it give you the blues? Oh, of course. Obviously. Quite an interesting tour. They actually have a big framed out box that they have on the wall from the biggest prison riot they've had there. And it's uh, all of the shanks and homemade knives that all the prisoners made are in that. There's probably two to three hundred homemade knives and shanks up there. Shanks and shivs. Shivs, shanks. Powerful. Yeah. So it's, uh, the original Folsom prison is now a museum. It's built across the street from the Folsom prison that's there now.
1: I wonder if you could use, uh, Hamote's glowing appendage
0: as a shiv or a shank. Oh, I bet you could. (laughs) (laughs) Powerful. Yes. And if you're into that, that's all right.
1: So how many of these, uh, beverages did you enjoy? Did you get a buzz?
0: Uh, yeah. So the, the first night I was introduced to him, I only had the one at the bar we were at. And then since then though, I have bought an, uh, or I, I had bought a six pack. I enjoyed four the first night, which only meant I can, it could have enjoyed two the, the night after, which was kind of sad because you do the math. Yeah. yeah. Four, four is a pretty good amount. Actually. It's pretty, you know, I don't always drink to get wasted anymore. But uh, a nice buzz is good. It uh, is. Yeah. Powerful. So, so you enjoyed that beer? I did. And I'm actually uh, looking forward to enjoying it again sometime in the next couple weeks.
1: What you know about me? Would, would I enjoy that beverage?
0: I'm going to say yes, because the, uh, it's not as bitter, and you like the low-bitter beer. It's not as colorful as some of the beers that you've enjoyed, that you've reviewed. And there's no passion fruit.
1: No, but there is mango.
0: But there is mango, which is a cousin Yes, of passion it is. fruit.
1: Yes, it is. And you did enjoy that uh, energy drink I gave you? The, oh, God. the juiced that was mango. No, we're not talking about oh, today. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the last the couple previous, weeks. Yeah, yes. I gave you a monster juiced, which was mango, and you enjoyed that. I enjoyed
0: that. Yeah, there's something about mango. Mango is a powerful flavor. Yeah, raw mango is pretty good. It is. Yep, I it would. is.
1: Mango should be used in everything.
0: Yeah, you should put mango in everything. Yep. Some of the best salsa. Well, yeah, yes, that's what I was just gonna
1: it. say. I mean, it's kind of a recent thing, especially in the United States, mango. You know, mango is a tropical thing that didn't find its way, especially up in Minnesota. Right. You got mango chutney. You got salsa. Yeah.
0: It's powerful. Yeah, it's in beer now. I mean, it's everywhere. It's probably an underrated fruit that the rest of the world probably already knew about, and we're just finding out about it here. But I will put that in a lot of stuff. And like I said, raw mango is pretty delicious, too. Easy to peel, easy to eat. Yeah. It's powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Much like papaya. And I told you about papaya. papaya has powerful enzymes in it.
0: You did. Yes. Yeah, you're a great enzyme mind. Yes.
1: Full of enzymes. That's how I break it
0: down. Good breakdown joke.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thanks. You've, you got that. It took I you did. a second,
0: didn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I was thinking yeah. of the movie Breakdown.
1: Oh, powerful movie Love too. that movie. We should yes. review that movie. We should. You know, I talked about Hamote and there's a couple other movies I wanted to touch on when we get into the topics of powerful mythical monsters. Before we get into that, let's, I just want to talk to the fans of Flock of Amish. Like we said before, we really appreciate it that you listen to this powerful podcast. We just ask you one thing. Please tell a friend about our podcast. And wherever you listen to us, we are available everywhere. Pandora, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Apple. It doesn't matter where. Please do us a favor. Please leave us a review. Five-star review. Five-star rating is the highest. And if you do that, it will unlock the secrets to the mangoes of your life.
0: Mm -hmm. and we read the reviews too so thank you for everybody who's left a review yes
1: powerful we're uh we're approaching 100 reviews on app holy shit yes and i it's it's powerful and i really appreciate it and i do mean that i'm not being sarcastic you guys are beautiful thank you for the powerful reviews we do have merch too if you want to help celebrate this podcast please enjoy our merch t-shirts tank tops hoodies stickers mugs masks Masks. Yes, we do have masks. If you're into masks, wear them. If you think masks are stupid, wear the t shirt. We don't care. We're not telling you what to do. We're just telling you we have everything you need, all your needs. We will meet your needs. AmishBabyMachine.com. Also, if you want to help us out, Patreon, patreon patreon.com. Links on AmishBabyMachine.com is a great way to help support our powerful podcast. We do have a wish list of getting a new computer. So anything you could do to help support that, that would be wonderful.
0: Yeah. That's a big wish list, too. Computer.
1: Yes. It's powerful.
0: That's all I got. I can tell <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you uh, Mike
1: Rez has dealt
0: with our powerful
1: computer issues. Yes. Typically, I blame it on EMPs. Yeah. For God's sake, help us get a computer. Yes. Thank you. God bless you guys. Now, let's get into powerful song of the day. And by the way, songs, God, we just. Today's so powerful, this show. So much music. We, yeah, we have powerful music from Trom. I got new music, and I'm going to play it on the end of the show. Awesome. So make sure you guys stick around. I have powerful synthwave, new music, hot album, and I want you to check that out. So stick, stick around for the whole podcast, please. Listen to it, and at the very end, play us out powerful new music by Trom.
0: Song of the day. Are you ready? Oh, I am ready. All right. We are talking about the, the song... By the Hooters' All You Zombies. All You Zombies was first recorded live and then released as a single in 1982. And it was subsequently included on the band's debut album, Amore, in nineteen eighty two. That's beautiful. Thank you. I've been working on that. And uh, it had an extended version of the song. Um, and then it was included on their second album, Nervous Night, in 1985. So they've gotten quite a bit of a runoff of one song which is uh, either smart or lack of, of material. but No, no, way, it's
1: just powerful.
0: Yeah, either way, it's, it's a good song. It uh, reached number 58 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1985, and it also reached number 3 on the mainstream rock charts.
1: Now, the powerful trivia I have about that, I don't know if uh, you know about Eric Bazilian, the guy that wrote the tune.
0: What did you think of the song, by the way? It had a heavy Hall & Oates vibes to it. Really? To me it did, yeah. I'm
1: going to have to re-listen to it because a lot of times, I remember it from the 80s and I'm thinking back, and a lot of times when you you know revisit something, like, right. oh yeah, I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, and it was it's the first time I ever heard of the Hooters or this song. So uh, it was a good thing because I can come at it with a fresh take, and that's the first thing I thought of was there's a Hall & Oates vibe to this. The video itself on YouTube has a huge '80s vibe to it. Yes, lots of guys with big hair, powerful. Lots of hairspray. You wish you had big hair. Yeah, I do. Yes, I'm jealous about everybody who's got hair. But it's cool. We
1: we embrace our baldness.
0: You're embracing it better than I am. I think you should. Yeah, get get
1: rid of the hats. You know, do
0: don't do the Ron Howard shit. I have worn less hats at home. So even at home, I'm a hat guy. Good. It's not just when I go out, but all day today before I got here, I wasn't wearing a hat. So I'm embracing it.
1: I was blessed with a beautiful head. I've been told that. I have a nice really? head. Yes. Yeah, I'm beautiful. afraid about
0: my head. No, it's beautiful. Oh. But anyway, back to trivia. Eric Bazilian. Okay. You know what powerful song he wrote? It's got to be something that uh, was a hit or something. Otherwise, he wouldn't bring it up.
1: What if God was one of no us? No
0: shit. Yes. Powerful, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. Joan Osborne. Yeah, it was that 90s, right? Ozzy Osbourne's uh, daughter, isn't it? Well, it has to be, yeah. Yes. to just share the same last no, name. No,
1: I think it's actually Norman Osbourne's daughter. I've never
0: heard of him. I've heard of Ozzy, so we'll go yes. with Ozzy.
1: Harry, it's Harry Osbourne was his son. Okay. Powerful. Yeah, that is a great song. Eric
0: Bazillion.
1: Yes. Going off. What a cool name, too, Bazillion.
0: Right. The Bazillion.
1: Yes. It's a large number. God, it's wonderful. I love that song, though. What if God is one of us? And I love the Hooters powerful all you zombies and the reason I brought it in brought in that powerful is to tie in our topic mythical monsters. Ooh. Now here's the deal with the mythical monsters. I I, I got a couple of, you know we talked about ET. He's not really a monster. He's he's just a gentle soul. Yeah. He's very under, misunderstood. I but think he, so. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about zombies. They're played out. I'm sick of zombies. What do you think about zombies? There's way too many movies about zombies.
0: I actually, zombies are one of my favorite type of horror film creatures. So I'm, I'm all about the more zombies, the better. Now, why is that? I have no idea. Maybe it's the, uh, half dead coming back to life, decaying skin, eat your brains type crap. I don't know what it is. I like zombies.
1: Do you like the slow zombies? (laughs) (laughs) Morgan.
0: I, uh, I like the slow zombies. But I also like the uh, super fast running zombies and like the remake of Dawn of the Dead. The sped up. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, too. But like, uh, I don't know if you consider um, like 28 days later and 28 weeks later, those fast moving sick slash zombie type humanoid creatures. That was pretty cool. I liked how fast those were. So even though you could tell in the movie, they just sped up the film because they were (laughs) running fast enough. See, to
1: me, um, zombies are boring. Why is that? I, I, it's cool to have one movie, a TV show, but that's all. I mean, how many damn zombie movies have there been?
0: Well, there's been a lot now. Yeah, yeah and there's
1: been so many. There's so many other cool monsters they could do movies about. Like? Well, we're going to touch on a couple.
0: Okay. Before we do that, though, should we do our cheers? Yes. All right. Powerful.
1: Yeah, let's, let's talk about that drink, too. I yeah. gave you a powerful five-hour energy, five energy drink today.
0: All right, this shit that you gave me today, and I, I, I've liked everything you've given me up to this point. It's the five-hour energy, extra strength, cool mint lemonade. This stuff is crap. It's a flavor, two flavors that should not go together, cool mint and lemonade. Although this time I did take it down in one shot.
1: You did. You were manly. Yeah. Usually you do your little sip, sip.
0: Yeah, last week I did the sip-sip on the grape, and uh, is this the third week in a row about the five-hour energy? It is. Okay, so this is the first one I took down in one gulp. This is the one I hated the most. I don't know if it's a correlation, but I'm pretty sure it's the flavor combination.
1: Mint? I do like the Mojitos. Is that how you pronounce it in Spanish? Oh, yeah, Mojito. yeah, yeah, Mojito. Mojito. You yes. got it. I do enjoy the Mojitos, which is mint. But uh, I'm, I, I didn't try that, but lemonade and mint, to me, I'm going to say no. <laughs> But I didn't, so you give it to me. Thanks, well, buddy. Oh, fuck off. I didn't charge you for it. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was just lemonade.
0: No, no. If you've ever brushed your teeth and then had an orange juice afterwards, uh, yeah, that's what you're getting. Citrus mint. God, it sucked. But anyway, if five-hour energy is a good product. Just not No that bueno. Ugh, no. Telling you. All right. Shit.
1: Fans, flock of Amish, please hold up the beverage you're drinking. If not, virtually hold up one you wish you were drinking. And cheers. Cheers. So I wanted to talk about monsters. You know, like I said, zombies are played out. A couple of uh, sexy vampire movies
0: that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, which I've never heard of, but you've uh, brought to my attention. Life Force. Life Force.
1: 1985. Powerful movie, which incorporates space and vampires.
0: And Patrick Stewart. Yes. Which we've both agreed has not aged. He's never been young, yeah. but, I mean, obviously he hasn't aged then yes. yet either. But, uh, yes, yeah, I Patrick bet he's, he's looked the same since he's been yes. 12 years old.
1: He's also in a powerful movie, Dune.
0: Yeah. Or Did he you looked enjoy the Dune? Same. It's been a long time since I've seen Dune, but I remember it kind of grossed me out.
1: Oh, I love it. Powerful movie, Dune. But, anyway, I wanted to talk about Life Force, powerful, beautiful vampire, space vampire. And another one, speaking of beauty, Lair of the White Worm, 1988. These are two movies that Mike Rez has not enjoyed, but I just wanted to talk about them a little bit. I kind of just threw it in there as we are talking about mythical monsters. Mm-hmm. But to me, you can't do too many sexy vampire movies. No,
0: I don't think so. Uh, I would agree with that statement. The, uh, it's definitely, the, the clips that I've watched has a good 80s horror movie vibe to it. Doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's still trying to put out a good product looks like that it, it, it probably is.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm going to need you guys, if you haven't seen it before, Life Force, 1985, and Lair of the White Worm, 1988. Powerful
0: movies. Lair of the White Worm. Yes. I'm going to have to uh, find those movies and watch them oh, in full. Oh,
1: God, you're going to love them. So that, that brings me into this powerful mythical monster I'd like to talk about, the ba van She. So the ba van She is a female vampire in the folklore of the Scottish Highlands, though they also share certain characteristics in common with the succubus and the fairy. They appear as beautiful women who seduce their victims before attacking them and draining their blood. According to Scottish folklorist Donald Alexander Mackenzie, the Ba Van Xie usually appears as a beautiful young woman wearing a long green dress that conceals deer hooves instead of feet. Like other vampires, she drinks the blood of human victims and will vanish with the rising sun. She may also take the form of a hooded crow or a raven. There are numerous stories about the of and she. General theme, basically the general theme is hunters being attacked in the wilderness at night. In one tale recorded by Mackenzie, there were four men who went hunting and took shelter for the night in a lonely hut. One of the men supplied vocal music while the others began dancing. The men expressed a desire for partners to dance with. Soon after, four women entered the hut. Three of them danced while the fourth sat behind the vocalist. He then noticed drops of blood falling from his companions and fled from the hut taking refuge among the horses. His vampiric partner chased him but was unable to catch him. And when daylight came, she disappeared. The man went back inside and found all three of his friends dead and drained of blood. The folklorist Catherine Briggs suggested that the Bavanchi was unable to catch the fourth man among the horses because of the iron in which the horses were shod, iron being a traditional fairy vulnerability. In a familiar tale, one of the men noticed that the woman had deer hooves instead of feet and fled from them. He returned the next morning to find that the other hunters had their throats cut and chests laid open. In a third story, the hunters took refuge in a cage. Each of the men said he wished his own sweetheart were there at night, but one of them, named McPhee, who was accompanied by his black dog, said he preferred his wife to remain at home. At that moment, a group of young women entered the cave, and the men who had wished for their sweethearts were killed. Macfie was protected by his dog who drove the woman from the cave. One recurring motif in these stories is the love she appear almost immediately after the hunters, hunters expressed their desire for female companionship. This is connected with a traditional Scottish belief that if if one were to make a wish at night without invoking God's protection, then that wish would become granted in some terrible manner. What do you think of the Whoa. myth...
0: Of the Bavanshi. I think it's a typical myth made up by a dude because it's a hot chick who wants to suck his blood and kill him. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite the tale. It seems like they like to dance just before they kill their suspected uh, victims. Yes. I'm picturing a, a red-haired woman with hooved feet like a deer. Yes. Oofs. But can also look like a crow. Yes, a does, hooded crow. Does that crow also have moved feet? Or no. talons?
1: It's just much like vampires can take different forms. Right, like a bat. A bat, a mist. A werewolf. Yes, a wolf. Well then we trance yeah, then we yeah. talk about wolves too. But yeah, they can shape shift, definitely.
0: This is one of the most interesting one. I've never heard of the bovan she uh before this. It's in the Scottish folklore legend uh stories. I like the uh the music part of it, for sure. I'm a huge, you know, big music fan. I was When I was reading these uh, stories in the folklore, the, the four men singing and playing came up quite a bit. Um, and I was kind of imagining one of them singing either Gordon Lightfoot or that song from Animal House. Yeah, I, I gave my love a cherry song.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's cool is it reminds me of a couple movies, like the movie we saw. Oh, uh, Dirty Dozen? Yeah, it reminds me of the Dirty Dozen. Remember when they brought in the women?
0: Oh, yeah, entertain? after the, yeah. <laughs> Tally Savalas' character yes. was so pissed that he, they brought in uh, prostitutes. Yes, and yeah. also
1: in uh, Apocalypse Now, it seems to be a theme that they brought in the Playboy Bunnies. So you got to be careful with it. The moral of the story is be careful what you wish for. Unless they you're invoking the, God's name. Yes. No, it's a powerful myth. I, I enjoy it. And that's one like I'd like to see a movie about that.
0: The Bovanshi,
1: yeah, do you pronounce it, Bavanshi, Bavanshi. Yes. Bovanshi, yes,
0: powerful. If we were Scottish and spoke Gaelic, I bet we could pronounce it yes. even better. And I, I, think
1: it's cool because I like, I like, you know, like a werewolf that, uh huh, that wolfbane or silver, right, will repel them, and for this mythical creature, iron will stop.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes with the, uh, the theme of some kind of metal or precious metal or yes. something that will... Iron, silver, yeah. and also sunlight. What is it about the sun? Is it the UV rays?
1: Well, it's funny you said that because they were talking about the COVID, that there's a bunch of jokes, but UV does destroy viruses.
0: Right, and that's how the Spanish flu was kept at bay. Yep.
1: So there's something about the power of the sun, the powerful ultraviolet radiation destroys it destroys evil
0: vampires
1: yes and i i i, I like the folklore i like I like the the wooden stake the cross it's powerful so i'd like to see some movies i like i was talking about i, I enjoyed the the lair of the white worm i enjoyed the powerful life force let's do a movie about this
0: all right we can shoot it with our iphones yes
1: Let's talk about you. I, I tasked you to bring up some powerful mythical monsters.
0: Yeah, I found one that I've never heard of before. Have you ever heard of the Bunyip? I have not. Bunyip. The Bunyip. Yeah. So if you do a Google image search, you will find many different versions of what the Bunyip is. But let's, uh, let's tell you a little bit about what the Bunyip is. It's a large mythical creature from Australian Aboriginal mythology. Said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and water holes. The bunyip is a traditional aboriginal belief and story throughout Australia while its name varied according to tribal uh, Nomen culture. In uh, his 2001 book, writer Robert Holton identified at least nine regional variations of the creature known as the bunyip across aboriginal Australia. The origin of the word bunyip has been traced to the Wemba Wemba uh, language of the aboriginal people of Victoria in southeastern Australia. Europeans recorded various written accounts of bunyips in the early to mid-19th century as they began to settle across the country. So this goes back to the 1850s, this particular creature. Uh, Now the word bunyip is usually translated uh, by aboriginal Australians today to mean devil or evil spirit. This contemporary translation may not accurately represent the role of the Bunyip in pre-contact Aboriginal mythology uh, or its possible origins before written accounts were made. Some modern source uh, sources allude to linguistic connection between the Bunyip and the Bunjil. A mythical great man made the mountains and the rivers and man and all of the animals, so kind of like a god that created everything in Australia, kind of like a Paul Bunyan here in Minnesota. Uh, some descriptions of the bunyips vary widely. George French may have collected a description of a bunyip in his account of a water spirit uh, from the Marundi people of the Murray River in 1947. Stated, uh, it is much dreaded by them and in its inhabitants of the Murray, Uh, They have some difficulty describing it Uh, in its most usual form. It's said to be that of an enormous starfish. So we're already coming up with different variations of this creature. The Australian newspaper in 1851, according to a report, the Bunyip had been speared after killing a man. Raynald Johns claimed that until the mid-1950s, Aboriginal people made a habit of visiting the place annually and retracing the outlines of the figure, uh, which is about 11 paces long and 4 paces in extreme breadth, so about 11 11 feet by 4 feet, 11 feet long, 4 feet tall. The outline image no longer exists, uh, and Robert Burrow Smith's Aborigines of Victoria devoted 10 pages to the bunyip but concluded, In truth, little is known among the Aborigines respecting its form, covering, or habits. They appear to have been in such dread of it as to have been unable to take a note of its characteristics. Now, non-Aboriginal Australians have made various attempts to understand and explain the origins of the Bunyip as a physical entity over the past 150 years. In 1933, Charles Fenner suggested that it was likely that uh, the actual origin of the Bunyip Bunyip myth lies in the fact that from time to time, seals have made their way up the Murray and Darling Rivers. Provided examples of seals found as far inland as Overland cor- Corner, Loxton, and Corongo uh, Reminded readers that the smooth fur, prominent apricot eyes, and the bellowing cry are characteristics of the seal. The bunyip is either a seal, or it could be dags. It could be giant marsupials that used to roam Australia. There are four separate marsupials that could be connected uh, to the bunyip. Uh, one of them is the diprototin, which you should look up. It looks like a dog, actually. And it looks like a giant dog. And I want to show you, Dags, this picture right here. Whoa, that's, that's a, a beautiful a picture. Giant marsupial. It is. And uh, they think that's what is actually what the bunyip was.
1: I thought about marketing a uh, Australian soup. Did you? Yeah, it'd be a marsupial. I'd, I'd sell it in a pouch. Makes powerful. sense. Makes sense.
0: Uh, so that is the Bunyip story. So in a nutshell, it's a giant seal
1: that attacks people?
0: Yeah, it's a giant seal uh, that eats men and women and children. Does it have powerful weaknesses? or? Uh, there is no mention of weaknesses in the story. So just like... Like, think of the bunyip as, like, a, uh, a Bigfoot, yeti-type creature. There's just, people have seen it. Their accounts are many, but vary. And as far as size, look, smells.
1: Yeah, it would probably have a powerful musk, wouldn't it?
0: I would think it probably stinks. What's that swamp, the swamp, uh, the Georgia Swamp Man or whatever it's it is? It's
1: powerful, yeah. It's powerful creatures that live in swamps.
0: So there's the bunyip. Story for you, kind of one of the. Here's another picture. Looks like a giant black panther type that's eating an Aboriginal man. Wow! Yeah. So it had a taste for blood. So did you enjoy that monster? I did actually. I didn't. I've never heard of it before. Kind of nice having a an animal slash creature, mythical creature, come from somewhere other than. United States or Europe. I've never heard of one from Australia before.
1: Yes. My favorite marsupial would be the possum.
0: Possum's a powerful marsupial. The old
1: possum, yes. Powerful.
0: Do you think possums could take
1: down a bunyip? I think a genetically modified, maybe
0: irradiated possum. Wow. I love the possum. You know, to get back to our, uh, our hair and our embracing baldness talk. We had a possum in our backyard once that looked like it was had male pattern baldness. It was wow. quite ugly and scary. Mange. Yeah.
1: I suffered from the mange.
0: I was pissed off, too, when I shined a light on it.
1: Yeah, no, they're, but they're, it, they're all bark and no bite. They're actually beautiful creatures. They don't live very long, either. No. They only live about a couple of years. That's it. That's it? Yeah.
0: It's longer than a fly.
1: Yeah, flies don't live very long, either. A couple hours? Yeah, about five minutes.
0: Long enough to reproduce. Powerful. And that's
1: it. So, with your uh, mythical monster, do you see that being in a movie or not? It couldn't carry a movie. Could it, it couldn't
0: carry. No, no. It would have to be like a uh, ensemble cast of, of movie. Now, know let know me ask I
1: mean? would this be uh, a hero, a villain, an anti hero? What do you see this as? Uh, Misunderstood?
0: I think it has to be a uh, villain. Okay. The, the name translates to evil spirit. Yes. Devil. Okay. I could see it. You know, um, American Werewolf in London? Yes, American s-
1: Werewolf in London. Starring the dude from the Dr. Pepper commercials.
0: Yeah, this has uh, got like Australian bunyip in London written all over it.
1: Who would you have star in your movie? Yeah,
0: I'm going to have to think about that one. I, I would want it to be somebody that's unknown in case it flops. Okay. But if it's big, then you get an unknown name in there.
1: How about my powerful Bava and She movie? Who would you have play the role of the powerful
0: seductress? Jessica Chastain to play the Bava and She. Wonderful. Yep. How about James McAvoy to play the character in the Bunyip movie? I'm going to give it to you. I think I'm we'll going to let you.
1: Yes, you cast the movie exactly how you want.
0: Yep. We're going with James McAvoy.
1: Powerful. Is there any other mythical monsters you wanted to talk about?
0: No, let's ask the flock. What what kind of mythical monsters are they into or do they know about? Like even I'm I'm more into the ones you don't hear a lot about because there's a thousand Bigfoot stories, Bigfoot movies, Bigfoot shows. Ever seen Chasing Bigfoot used to be a show on? It's just like following around all these uh like these mountain men that <laughs> made Made it their career to hunt Bigfoot.
1: I'd like to see Bigfoot versus a Yeti.
0: Oh, who would win?
1: I'm going with the Yeti because typically, like, polar bears are bigger than brown bears. Yep. So I think maybe the powerful Yeti would defeat the Bigfoot. What do you guys think? Let us know on Twitter, at Amish Machine. Make sure you follow us there. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Anywhere social media is, we're there. Please do it. Please enjoy
0: us on social media.
1: Yeah, who do you think would win in a battle of Yeti versus Bigfoot? Let us know.
0: Now, are you uh, ruined by Star Wars like I am? Every time I think of Yeti, I think of the big snow creature that had Luke trapped in the cave. Oh, that's what you think of. That's what I always think of when I think of Yeti.
1: What do you think of Bigfoot? You think of uh,
0: Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is another movie we should review. I
1: thought you'd think of uh, the Wookiee.
0: No, no, no. That's, you don't think he's a Bigfoot ripoff? He could be, but I don't think of him as a Bigfoot. All right. So, powerful. Yeah, but I always think of either Harrier and the Hendersons or uh, the Jack Links Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Great commercials, by the way. It is
1: powerful. <laughs> powerful show today on Mythical Monsters. And uh, before we wrap up this powerful episode, let's get out some shout-outs. Powerful shout-outs today going to Crashdown321, The Mallard Report, Team Fat Kid, and Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. Thank you for supporting this powerful podcast. We love you all. And to play us out today, we're going to play powerful music by Trom. The name of this tune is Slingshot Singularity Spy. Nice. Go to Bandcamp and check out Trom. Download his powerful album. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast.